0: I'll be honest, I was a little nervous to read this book. Nervous? You're thinking, Kurt, how can you be nervous about anything having to do with perhaps the most harmless human being in recent human history? That's like being terrified of Gandhi. Well, let me explain. As most of you who have been following this website know, I'm in a season of deconstructing my religious heritage. So this book is the first I've read that is expressly focused on spirituality since I made my decision to leave evangelicalism nine months ago. When you are going through a season like I am, you are wrestling with a lot of fears, chief among them being the fear that somehow you will be talked back into your prison cell. Sometimes the overwhelming loss of community and certainty can become a proverbial siren call, and the instrument that is played is the old familiar language that is used to define, and therefore control, as all religions do. However, the book was a gift from a wonderful friend who understands the road I am walking, and so, in an act of faith perhaps, I picked it up and finally took in the reflections of the author, Amy Hollingsworth, as she recalled her profoundly personal and touching relationship with the iconic shepherd and friend of children, Fred Rogers. I was pleasantly surprised to find that instead of the author pigeonholing me into the usual square hole of dogma, the book was actually a very fresh take on the age-old discussion of spiritual disciplines, yet without the overly simplistic moralism that many quietly assume when it comes to conversing on the often-called holy habits. As far as the specific disciplines, what is identified and elaborated on in the simple faith is nothing new. Prayer, silence, service, and forgiveness are familiar members of the roster. But one chapter in its highlighted theme stood out to me. It was called The Best Gift, Your Honest Self. When you think of it, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood was seriously out of date. Many at the time used that as comedic fodder. And yet, as Miss Hollingsworth points out, Fred stood fast. She goes on to observe that, quote, he wasn't tempted to change the pace of his program when MTV ushered in a generation of attention-deficit viewers, and that the set was perpetually shrouded in 70s decor, long after Puke Green went out of vogue, end quote. Beyond physical appearance, the very qualities and character of the show were a relentlessly faithful depiction of himself. As such, Mr. Rogers was far less entertainment and far more an imaginative but very real conversation. This kind of authenticity and vulnerability was so often lacking in my previous life in conservative Christianity. In the end, I'm glad I overcame my fears and took the time to read this book. It was a timely read that helped show me that I can engage with familiar language while still growing past the religiosity of my past towards a more loving and accepting expression of faith. I think I'll take off my sweater and stay here for a while. I give the simple faith of Mr. Rogers two dog ears. Thank you for listening to this podcast, and remember that you can check out more of my takes on faith, social justice, and pop culture along with other life-inspired musings by visiting www.curtielewis.com. If you enjoyed and benefited from this and other publications featured on my website, would you take a few minutes to show your support? First, you can share it with your friends via social media, text message, email, word of mouth, pigeon bird, cave art, whichever you prefer. Second, if you're listening on iTunes, take a few seconds to subscribe to this podcast and to give it a positive review. Lastly, you can help me to continue to produce these podcasts by making a monthly or one-time financial contribution. Click on support on the website to learn more. Again, thanks so much for listening.